Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Open Floor. I'm Andrew Sharp, and to my left, live from Las Vegas, stunned from the Washington Post, Ben Goliver. What's up, man? Not too much, Andrew. I don't think I will ever in my entire life see a crazier Las Vegas Summer League day than what we got. In the span of five, six hours, we saw LeBron James and Anthony Davis enter to standing ovations. We saw Zion Williamson throw down a 360 during pregame warmups. We saw Zion Williamson get injured for the second time that we've seen him in person yeah. uh, over the last five months. We experienced a 7.1 earthquake, which canceled the basketball game. And then we came home to tape a kind of a goofy, why are we even doing this podcast? Ha ha ha, Summer League. We're here in Las Vegas. Way to go. Only to be interrupted by another basketball earthquake. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard going to the Los Angeles Clippers, stunning the LA Lakers, stunning the Toronto Raptors. And on top of that, he's bringing Paul George with him. I don't know what just happened, honestly, you know, and we can play the end of our original podcast. We were doing kind of a mini late night pod. It was like 35, 40 minutes, and we'll play the end where we find out about Kawhi at the end of this podcast. But honestly, man, earlier tonight, in light of the earthquake, you looked over at me and said, this is something you're going to remember 50 years from now. And I was like... <laughs> you, you played along? I was not totally convinced, honestly. But now, this is something I will remember 50 years from now, just because it is that crazy that the Clippers were able to pull this off, that Paul George is involved out of nowhere, and that all of this is happening at like 1 a.m. in Las Vegas So I was, after an earthquake. Right. I would say... Over the last week of rumors related to Kawhi Leonard, I would say the Lakers had 94% of the rumors. I would say the Toronto Raptors had 5.9% of the rumors. Mm. I would say the Clippers had 0.1% of the rumors. I would say it was more like 30% Raptors, 65% Lakers. Okay. Although, look. Okay, although look, the- give them credit for the helicopters, but nobody went as deep and off the you know, I don't know. There was a lot of Raptors buzz, though, over the last few days. But we had people tracking Kawhi Leonard through convenience stores. That's true. And for anyone out there, I had to explain to Ben the whole Kawhi Leonard gas station Reddit conspiracy. Not Reddit conspiracy. Reddit investigation. So the Lakers fans were able to track Kawhi Leonard. There to- were, I read a 2,000-word breakdown of every single person in Kawhi Leonard's camp, how they were all Lakers fans. Uh, a takedown of Lee Jenkins' profile of Kawhi Leonard from Sports Illustrated from a couple years ago, which was excellent, where they were trying to refute all the points. Was there really a takedown? Well, basically trying, yeah, trying to, to show that, oh, yeah, he was going to be a Laker all along. It was, you know... Uh, Well, look, the Lakers did their best, and the Lakers fans online did their best. Again, somebody tracked him down to a gas station, and then there was another Lakers fan who went and found the gas station to confirm that Kawhi was actually in California today, all of which, it was assumed, pointed to the idea that Kawhi was going to be on the Lakers. Lo and behold, here are the Clippers, and you you said a second ago we should do winners and losers here. Let's go for 35 or 40 minutes, 
And number one, we have to start with the Clippers, obviously. And I think I think number one, we need to start with Chris B. Haynes, our guy. That's right. He uh, was on this podcast two years ago after breaking the Gordon Hayward story. This is a bit of a bigger story as far as the NBA landscape is concerned. No question. He had to show a lot of restraint, too. I mean, I, I heard some different interviews with him over the last week where he didn't really want to lean into any Lakers theories that people were throwing at him. And Stephen A. Smith came at him pretty hard. There was all this buzz from the quote-unquote pseudo reporters in LA all of it was going towards the Lakers it's easy to get caught up in that he didn't and he beat everybody I mean by a matter of minutes because uh word spread pretty quickly Saturday night but Crispy Haynes big winner now you mentioned the Clippers astonishing I you mean you know what I love about the Clippers side of this is that they have been taking a lot of heat from a lot of people online whether it's fans and even i've seen some reporters be like why are the clippers still being mentioned in in this whole thing and some people were trying to rule them out well and a lot of people basically said the clippers are being mentioned because they have taken care of sources in the media and they have done a good job <laughs> and steve Ballmer paid us yeah well there, there's a steve Ballmer payoff that's kind of like the fringes yeah but by, by the way that came from lakers fans too not raptors fans so when i'm doing my percentage break and we have to include stuff like that in this whole conspiracy there is no question the lakers fans <laughs> have been the worst at every turn over the last 10 days or so and honestly i was on this podcast a week or two ago, it was probably about 10 days ago, when I said I wanted to see Kawhi go to the Lakers. And I told you privately, I was beginning to have second thoughts on that front, right. in part because of how insufferable Lakers fans had been, we'll, even before any of this actually came to pass. We'll get to that. We will. Winners, Clippers. Clippers, though, here's what I love about it. They have been accused of using the media as their megaphone throughout this process. And a lot of people contended that the only reason they were even still mentioned in any of these conversations is because the media felt beholden to them after all the all the stories they'd done on them this year and what was possible for the Clippers. And basically, the Clippers were all talk throughout all of this. And come to find out, the Clippers have been operating in the shadows to steal Paul George from the Thunder. Wait, would you say that real G's move in silence like lasagna? Yeah, like lasagna or like Giannis, whatever you want to call it. Shout out to our guy, Freddie Gibbs. But here are the Clippers looking like a title favorite next year. I think they will probably ride this wave of shock into on like to the top of the title conversation, and they will probably be title favorites in Vegas by the end of this podcast. But um, I'm not quite as convinced that they're like the team in the nba next year but like they're certainly one of three or four that have like a really really good shot at making it to the finals and winning a title before we get to that though just remember little brother they've been hearing it for decades and they have earned every bit of the little brother stuff in la forever they're going head to head with the behemoth that is the lakers yep lebron james and anthony davis you look at the roster the biggest star they had was either Danilo Gallinari or Lou Williams. So when you're talking about people counting the Lakers or the Clippers out here over the last week, that's a big reason why. You're looking at that roster and saying, hey, cute story. They won 48 games, you know, like they overachieved, they maxed out, they have a great coach, great front office and everything else. But if Kawhi goes there, um, is he going to be wondering in the back of his mind, is he looking at their roster and giving them some crazy benefit of the doubt? Because you could say Toronto has more talent and yeah. the Lakers have more talent. 
And yet, not only could you say that, that was going to be true. I yeah, mean, that's why they we, needed to steal Paul George. We would have said that. And so, just like the Lakers swung for the fences with the crazy trade for Anthony Davis, what do the Clippers do? It's like, okay, well, we can play this game. Two can play this game. We're not yeah. the little brothers. We can go and, you know, throw out asset after asset after asset to get a, you know, a superstar commitment. And that's what they do. So I think just philosophically for them, just confidence-wise, identity-wise, this is something that this Clippers franchise has been waiting for mm-hmm. for years, dating back to before Donald Sterling. It wasn't even possible during the Donald Sterling era, but even since then, they've been waiting for kind of this heavy hitter type move. You could say maybe the Chris Paul trade was that. Um, it wasn't, though. But yeah, I think this this group here has a significantly higher ceiling than that group yeah i agree with that number one number two i think you need to consider the alternative when you think about what a big win this is for the clippers because the alternative was the likelihood that Kawhi was going to land with the lakers and the lakers would have done everything wrong over the course of the last three years only to stumble into anthony davis lebron james and Kawhi leonard all on the same team after the Clippers spent 12 months recruiting Kawhi and trying to make this happen, trying to make it all come together, to strike out at the same time the Lakers land that nucleus. Like, I can't even imagine what that would feel like. And also... Because they invested the whole year in it. Well, and more relevant, I mean, that would just cement them in that little brother role for at least another five to ten years, and that's just a tough pill to swallow, you know? And and we joked about Steve Ballmer potentially moving the Clippers to Seattle in light of all that. And so... To go from that reality, and I mean, that honestly is the way a lot of people saw this playing out. To go from that to this is just incredible. And it'll be even better if they can somehow take this and parlay it into a new arena in LA, which they've been trying to do for a while. So if you wind up, you know, no longer being little brother in the same building, having all those silly things about, okay, whose who's locker room is gets to be the home team or this or that, and you really have your own independent identity. I mean, the sky is the limit. I mean, this is not just about winning a title for this franchise. It changes everything for them. Yeah. And uh, in terms of why I would say they have a higher ceiling, though, than that previous version, mm-hmm. it goes to the pairing of the two stars. I mean, these guys are both skilled scorers, playmaker-type guys. They're both elite wing defenders, arguably the two best wing defenders in the league. Uh, they're interchangeable. You can you can construct some incredible death lineups around those two guys if you want to play them at 2-3 or at 3-4, either way. And the pieces that they gave up, I mean, they're not necessarily expendable. Like, obviously, you would have preferred to have Gallinari or you want to, would have liked to have Shea Gilgis on his contract going forward. No, those go, both those guys are expendable, though. Well, I mean, in the best-case scenario, you would have, you know— I guess you you would have liked to keep either one of them, right? But yeah. they're not crippling blows. And the core group from their team, Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams, Patrick Beverly, the three guys who've been the heart and the soul last year are all back. And all of those guys fit with these two as well. Yeah. And also another win for the Clippers is that you're kind of cutting the Lakers off at the knees here because the Lakers now have to spend that max cap space on like Danny Green. I mean, they're paying Danny Green $15 million a year. Okay, so before we get to all the Lakers stuff, let me ask you, there was all these conspiracies. Is Kawhi waiting to screw over these teams with his decision? Now that he's picked the Clippers, and now that the Clippers have been able to get Paul George, do you think it was an intentional move by him or his camp to drag it out at the Lakers' expense? Because it definitely benefited them. Well, so here's the thing. I think it's actually possible. 
I think it's more likely that Kawhi was waiting to see if the Clippers were going to be able to deliver another star. And in retrospect, it's... Kawhi was waiting to see if five draft picks could be legally traded in one deal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And by the way, people are going to kind of side-eye that deal. That's absolutely worth it if you're trading for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. That's a lot for Paul George. But basically what the Clippers were doing is entering... All of this, knowing that they needed another star, and Paul George was the gateway to Kawhi. And yeah, the little brother move was to say, you know what, we can only trade three first round picks the, for Paul George. Yeah, the little brother move was to say, we really believe in Shea Gilgis Alexander, and so we're that's just that's a bridge too far for Run us. Run it can back, Gallo, but we want to keep SGA. Like, no, man, come on. You like, and the other thing I would add is that if we're talking about how this all came together and and what we should have seen over the last. 10 days or so we should have it should have set off more alarm bells that Kawhi was recruiting Kevin Durant to potentially come to the Clippers because that was kind of a detail thrown in there at the last minute before Durant went to the Nets but that was a sign that Kawhi wanted to play for the Clippers and the, and KD well, and, and the, Kawhi there was never, a Jim, yeah there was a Jimmy Butler uh, report too I mean these scenarios have been kind of floated out but again it goes back to like the Lakers just dominating the conversation like if there had been the Lakers team up with Jimmy Butler idea right like that would have gotten a hundred times more attention and here uh, like you're saying they're breadcrumbs to this idea that Kawhi was seriously considering them but he wanted to see an upgraded roster right yeah and as far as your your conspiracy theory that maybe he was waiting to screw over the Lakers I don't really believe it I do think that if that were true or if it were true even in, in to the slightest degree we won't hear anything about it until a potential Clippers title, <laughs> at which point maybe some Clippers employee, maybe we can sit down with Lee Jenkins and like torture it out of him and get him to yeah, admit. Careful now. Don't get us arrested. <laughs> well, look, it's another, it, Lee is another winner here, just for the record. Okay, well, on this Thunder side, I actually want to name Sam Presti a winner, and here's why. I think that, talk about like an identity changing move for the Clippers. The same is true for the Thunder. They've been trying to pitch everybody on the Russell Westbrook, Paul George. Hey, maybe if they can just stay healthy, maybe if we keep cycling these other pieces around or whatever else, that they'll finally get over the hump. Mm -hmm. That was a broken partnership, right? Those two guys, I never saw them going deep at all. In fact, you know, if we've come out hard against any team uh, over these last couple of years, I would say it's probably been them. Um, And, by trading Paul George, you're basically, you know, you're taking a lot of heat from Westbrook, I'm sure. He's wondering what the heck's going on here one way or the other. What's the direction of this franchise? I thought we were trying to go for it. Well, I'm here on my max contract. Mm-hmm. You're, you've just spent the last two years selling your fan base on Paul George hard. The fan base loves Paul George. He's your best player. You know, he played like it all season long, MVP candidate type of guy. And uh you were also capped out and so you it was time to make a really really hard decision here right yeah and when we were going through their options it was always like oh maybe you trade steven adams or maybe you try to dump this contract like they were all minor moves to swing big and to admit defeat at a very tough time on the paul george era and trade him and then to cash out like they did with that many draft picks with two quality players that you can kind of go forward and still be competitive and give Westbrook something to play for, give your fan base something to cheer for. I think that's really, really, really good GM work for a guy who backed himself into a corner here the last couple of years. 
Yeah, I mean, it's similar to David Griffin extorting the Lakers knowing that they had no other choice but to pay up because the Clippers had no other choice but to sort of put everything on the table to try to make this come together. Okay, so this is kind of a boring way. I want to flip it to you for a more exciting way. Okay. Is Westbrook a pretty large loser here? Well, Westbrook is a loser. I also wouldn't go as far as you did as far as the Thunder as winners, you know? I mean... There's no guarantee, and I, I said the same thing after the Lakers deal. Like, I, I don't necessarily trust the, the Clippers picks to be in the top half of the first round, and I really think but that it's we a need lot to, of them. We, it is a lot of them. We do need to start, in NBA media in general, I, I want to come up with a way to differentiate between the value of a top 10 pick and the value of a pick from 15 to 30 because I, no, I hear you on that. there's a big drop off. No, I hear you on that, but I think Presti's had some real notable draft hits over the years, right? I mean, obviously the famous ones a while ago, but yeah, 10 years ago. No, I mean Stephen Adams wasn't that long ago. They've had some others where I think that uh, you know, he he knows how to use those and he also knows how to use them to grease other deals, right? So he's a guy where like if he has an asset stash like I expect him to use it in functional ways and kind of keep things uh, moving going forward. They were blindsided by this, though. And in in that respect, yeah, they did a nice job recovering. This has got to be just a rough week in Oklahoma City, though, because Kawhi Leonard... Uh, Kawhi Leonard, the recruiter, is another winner here. I would love to hear what his recruiting pitch sounds like. I mean, this is a guy who has said three sentences in public over the last 10 years... And yet, apparently, he turns into John Calipari behind the scenes with Paul George (laughs) and convinces him to go to OKC's management and say, I want to be on the Clippers, and apparently do it convincingly enough to make them feel like they had no other choice but to trade him. For a guy, LeBron and the Lakers couldn't even get a meeting? It's tough. It's tough. To go back to the blindsiding point, I think that's a good one. That's another reason why I respect what Sam Presti did, is what if you're Dell Demps, you know? What is Dell Demps doing in that situation? No, I'm not trading Paul George. Yeah. You know, he he doubles and triples down. They go out in the first round again. The chemistry's terrible all the way around. And, you know, he winds up getting fired. So I think you, sometimes you have to be flexible in the face of, you know, crazy changing circumstances. You have to prepare for every possible outcome. I think Presti did that here. Well, and Russell Westbrook just unfollowed Paul George on Instagram, apparently. So Ooh. he doesn't seem to be taking this very well. You One thing I want to say and I want to double back to the Clippers section of the podcast. We do need to be a little bit careful here. And this is something I was going to say on an upcoming podcast anyways, like whenever Kawhi was actually going to sign. I don't trust Kawhi's body for the next four years. Mm-hmm. I think that there are reasonable questions you can ask about how healthy he's going to be and his history of lower body injuries. And I would say the same for Paul George. Paul George has not looked healthy for an entire year for a couple years now, um, if I recall correctly. And certainly at the end of last year, he had the shoulder thing, and it's just... He had surgeries this this summer. I mean, Yeah, there's a lot of little surgeries, which don't necessarily mean that much, but also like not great. And no, I think it's these are this is a partnership for three years, not ten years. Not ten years, exactly. And I and I do trust the the people the Clippers have in place to find a way to kind of keep them winning, and they'll be fine through the next decade. But it's just sort of a word of caution before everybody looks at this Clippers team and says, all right, well, this is the new 
dominant team in the NBA. They're going to enter next season. They kept their uh, supporting cast, and they're going to enter next year and just, like, run shit. I don't know, um, and we'll have yeah. to kind of wait and see on that front. No, I think it's a good point. I mean, that's another reason why if you're the Thunder, you think, hey, let's take their draft picks because if something goes wrong with one of these guys, it could work out pretty well for us. You know, similar to the idea if you're the Pelicans, like take the future picks because if LeBron retires or Davis gets hurt either way, you know, you could be lucky into something that's even better than you expected. Yeah. Another guy to put on top of that, though, is Beverly. He's had some health issues in the past. He had great health last season, but they really need him, right? Uh, especially without Shea. So that's another piece of their main group where, like, I absolutely love this idea of a lineup where you're closing with Beverly, Lou Will, Kawhi, uh, Paul, George. Paul George, and Montrez Harrell. I mean, that's a <laughs> filthy. I am so, so in. Please also bring back Jamichael Green, a longtime kind of random favorite of mine. Hey, don't forget about Landry Shaman. I mean, this guy's got some guys who can really play. Yeah. And so... Uh, that is a really nice group, but a lot, a couple of those different core pieces are all injury risks, and so I think you're. you're That's co- what I'm saying. Your I'm conscience pro- well heated. I'm. I can't wait to watch it. I'm rooting for it to succeed, but I also think like everybody just kind of be careful here before crowning anybody out there. So. Well, that being said, though, I mean, if you had to if you had to give somebody that crown, the title favorite crown, as of today, because these things shift pretty quickly. I definitely have the Clippers over the Lakers, don't you? Uh, absolutely. Should we talk about the Lakers side of it? We should. So, but let's. I mean, who should we install as the title favorites right now? I think the Clippers are going to be the title favorites, okay. just because you sound like an insane person after that playoff run, putting Kawhi anywhere lower than like second best player in the league. I think he'll probably enter next season as the consensus best player in the league. Hey, hold on a second. I just had a, a mental image. Are we going to get a finals Bucks Clippers the dream open floor showdown? Is that what's about For to happen? For the number one spot in the <laughs> 2021 top 100, <laughs> let's do it, man! I'm in. I'm all the way in. And look, I think the other thing before we actually get to the Lakers, because you and I have talked about this as well, the the other winners here are just NBA fans in general. Good point. And also NBA writers, because if Kawhi had gone to the Lakers. There would have been nationwide groans from casual sports fans who want to say, all right, this is another super team. This league is broken. This is why nobody cares about the NBA. First, Katie goes to Golden State. Now Kawhi teams up with LeBron. Yeah, and that's a false equivalence for a lot of reasons. I think Kawhi on the Lakers would have been a lot more interesting for Kawhi than Katie on the Warriors was for Katie. And Katie on the Warriors also made Steph's stories less interesting. So, like, there are differences. And Katie on the Warriors was like that team was invincible for the first two years whereas i think Kawhi on the lakers would have been a, a much more complicated interesting story than katie and golden state was but i think it's a good point that aside i do understand why a lot of people would have rolled their eyes and why the alternative where we enter next season with like six to eight teams thinking they have a real title no. shot is no, if, a lot more attractive if and he go, exciting. If he goes to the Lakers, every story is centered around the Lakers, much like every story was centered around Golden State. Now, those two teams weren't comparable. Golden State was much better than L.A. was before uh, they got Kevin Durant, you know, compare, like if they had gotten Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. Totally different circumstances. But their role as like the, the central force of the whole league, every story runs through them. Every bit of drama that happens on or off the court dominates every news cycle that's what it would have been and uh now we sidestep this i gotta say you're you're talking about how nba observers fans media members are winners 
can I just say that I think I'm, I'm a winner too here pretty big, Andrew, because <laughs> next year I'm going to be going to games Monday night, Kawhi and Paul George. Tuesday night, it LeBron and AD. Wednesday night, Kawhi and Paul George. And the best part about it, the show is back, Andrew. Well, listen, I'm going to be going to games, and it's going to be one night Ish Smith and Bradley Beal. Isaiah Next Thomas. Night, Isaiah pops up, Thomas Bryant, you know, sprinkling a little Troy Brown, a little Rui, a little Mo Wagner. Yeah, you got the, yes. the blockbuster CJ Miles deal? Yeah, well, and to be clear, when I say NBA media are winners, what I mean is that. No, I know what you mean. It's like the, the, the discourse is going to be so much like more rich. Like we're right, gonna, that's what I mean. We're going to come into the season, and you're going to do one of those roundtables on SI where they pull like 20 different writers, and you guys aren't going to be agreeing Warriors, Warriors, Warriors every single time. There's yeah. going to be like six or seven different teams you could put out there. And we're not going to have to have this like perfunctory six-month argument about whether the Lakers are good or bad for the NBA because I think that would have been out of step with reality in terms of what the Lakers actually would have been with Kawhi because it would have been kind of a mess, and they also could have been really dominant at times, but... Anyways, that whole era has kind of gone up in flames here, and the Lakers just signed Contavious Caldwell Pope to a two-year, $16 million deal. Well, he's ready to turn the corner, you know. (laughs) (laughs) They signed Danny Green to a two-year, $30 million contract. $15 million for Danny Green is a lot of money. I understand that dude just won a title. JaVale McGee is getting two uh, two years, $8.2 million, which is like $7.2 million too much. This is just brutal for them yeah so let's talk about them as losers uh we hinted at it earlier we don't often refer to him as a loser lebron james is a big loser here right he is and you know what i i don't i don't feel great about trending in that direction like i, I you want to bury him but no you don't. i i tweeted earlier Kawhi leonard and paul george both wanted to be in la but not with lebron and I Facts. threw a little dot, dot, dot at the end, which yeah. made it a little takier. But that now has like 600 retweets, 2,000 oh, wow. likes. And I don't, I didn't want it to be that kind of like viral yeah, take. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's very similar to something uh-huh. Skip Bayless said, apparently. Not proud of it at all. But it should be. It's true. Facts are facts, right? No, it's true. Paul George didn't even give them a meeting. He re-signed with Oklahoma City at a time where it really did not make sense for him to re-sign. You look at this situation if LeBron James was as good of a recruiter as we kind of thought he was, if he was the power broker that we've built him up to be at times over these last couple of years in terms of, you know, having Rich Paul play every single angle, being able to, you know, uh, get Anthony Davis, leveraging a, a franchise where Rob Palinka is taking all of this, uh, you know, potential risk on to get that deal done, to lay the groundwork for a Kawhi Leonard deal he gets this done, you know? Whatever the pitch that needed to be made to Kawhi Leonard, he's the one who would make it. And because the title is sitting there waiting for them to go get if they're all together, right? And bottom line, he wasn't able to make that connection. Uh, I wonder if there's concerns from uh, other parties about whether it's his age, style of play, the amount of attention. I think you joked about the Instagram stuff with, yeah, uh, you know, whether there would be a personality conflict between him and Kawhi Leonard. Three and, IG stories per day with and, Kawhi. And bottom line, there was multiple years there where nobody wanted to challenge LeBron. His fellow players wouldn't even, uh, you know, say a negative word about him. Everybody was kind of on message for years and years. Kawhi Leonard just sent a huge message here. He said, not only do I not want to team up with LeBron, I want to steal Los Angeles from LeBron, and I think I can do it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? 
This goes back to something that I saw tweeted by a guy named David Zavak. Uh, he's a Cavs writer, and he wrote earlier today, the gap between what NBA Twitter thought of the Kyrie LeBron stuff and what NBA players under the age of 30 thought of the Kyrie LeBron stuff continues to impact the league and how we miss coverage of things impacting the league. And I actually think that that is a very, very smart and perceptive point when we think about LeBron. Oh, my God. No way. <laughs> the Lakers just signed Rondo for three years and $20 million. Yeah, that's... Uh, what a disaster. That's $20 million too much, man. No, this night's getting this darker and darker mess. and darker. <laughs> this is so bad. But as far Wait, as the LeBron and Kyrie stuff... Are you 100% right now in this moment sure the Lakers make the playoffs? I, I am sure. 100% sure? Yeah, I'm well. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Look, I think that they'll find a way, but I need these. The I need the free agency news for the Lakers to just like slow down right now because <laughs> it just gets darker with each new development. But do you know what I mean? Uh, and do you know what David meant with that LeBron Kyrie point? Because I think that is true. I think that a lot of players around the league identified with Kyrie's frustration with LeBron and would worry about that with another potential partnership with LeBron. And I think AD is kind of in his own category because he's a clutch guy and that like their interests are kind of intermingled in a way that is unique. Um, but like I don't necessarily blame someone like Paul George or someone like Kawhi Leonard for saying, I don't know if I want to be part of this situation where you're going to get all of the credit. There's going to be drama every month, and it's just going to be a lot of a, a lot of trouble and potentially more trouble than it's worth. A couple of weeks ago, we were kind of breaking down what the Lakers would look like uh, if they got Kawhi Leonard, and I think one of the stumbling blocks we pointed out was like the dynamic between LeBron and Kawhi. Uh, on the court and I mean off of the court too but also on the court who gets the ball in the fourth quarter who gets the the most touches who's going to sacrifice for whom and I think at one point I was like you know is I asked you is LeBron really at the stage of his career where he's ready to kind of take a back seat where he's actually willing to admit that he's going to transition into a different role and I think that you started just laughing yeah and, well, and you kind of shot it down and I mean there was ways that we could talk ourselves into that but if you're Kawhi Leonard, you need to know that for a fact if you're going to go play with him, right? Like, you need to be convinced that you're going to be the man. And it's hard because I think that LeBron is in the stage of his career when he recognizes he should be passing the, chor the, the torch and he wants to pass the torch and he's saying all the right things. But I understand anybody who looks at the last five years of his career and says, all right, so you say one thing in July – and then by the time it's January or February, it's a little bit of a different story. And sort of, again, proceeds with a little bit more caution than we would have seen from superstars when LeBron was like 27 years old. And he was unquestionably the best player on the planet. And um, now the story is a little bit more complicated. And it's not even a shot at LeBron calling him like unlikable or this or that. Like the fact is LeBron is going to be 35 years old and he's almost 10 years older than Kawhi Leonard. And it's a completely different generation, so it would actually be crazier if he were able to successfully recruit all these guys who were literally in middle school when he was entering the NBA and beginning to like win MVPs every year. 
Yeah, so, no, I'm with you. Like, I don't think that this should be just some like character assassination exactly. of LeBron James. But he's a loser because is he going to win another title? And then the, that's the biggest thing, right? The I mean, question of the or the answer to that question today is so much different than it, it would have been, been yep. like 12 hours ago. That's what I'm saying. And so if he re- successfully recruits Kawhi Leonard, not only does that enhance his off-court reputation as a recruiter, but it sets him up for another ring, which for him is worth so much more than the average player. Because as we know, in the all-time GOAT-type conversations, every ring goes so far, you know, one closer to Kobe. And they were potentially looking at an era here where if these other two guys really work out, they're able to get more uh, veteran, you know, signings and, and everything else. Like, you know, they could have been, like we were talking about, a super team. All of that is out the window. You're going to have a really hard time convincing me that this group with these low-cost low returning free agents who just did not work out at all, who, who suffered through some, you know, really ugly, um, you know, months mm-hmm. with the Lakers last year are going to be able to swallow all of that just because Anthony Davis is there. I don't think he's a culture changer, man. What's that? Anthony Davis's arrival. Like, all the drama that was happening with the Lakers, I mean, I think some of it was caused by is this Davis trade going to happen? But I think some of it was caused by volatile personalities and inconsistent players. Yeah, well, and I do actually think that he will raise their floor pretty significantly. Well, but their floor collapsed. Their floor got caved in by an earthquake last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. But I think I think what this, what this night means is that LeBron is now going to have to spend a lot of time on the perimeter and do a lot of the creation and, and sh- sort of shoulder that burden and then they're going to have to play inside out with LeBron and Anthony Davis. What's unfortunate about that is I think LeBron's best chance at continuing to dominate for another three to five years would be to play a little bit more as like that power forward, put him in the high post, let him just pick defenses apart. And um, and I think like he's going to have to be on the perimeter more often and uh, – that's where some of whatever he's missing athletically will start to become more relevant, I think. I hear you. Um, some other losers here. I think Anthony Davis is a loser, man. Yeah. Because uh, it's going to be nice to be the face of a Lakers team in a couple of years from now. But you know what would have been nicer? A long-term partnership with Kawhi Leonard where you're not as dependent upon LeBron, his late career decisions or anything else, and you're always still in the mix. We've seen Anthony Davis play for a lot of mediocre teams over the years. We've seen him struggle to lift teams out of the muck. And I think, you know, you can change jerseys, change cities and everything else. But I think there's a decent chance, given how many draft uh, picks they've forfeited, given some of the moves that you've been describing here with these contract signings, where his L.A. experience is not going to be as legacy-defining as I think he was hoping for. Because he's he's given a couple interviews here the last week, and it's all been, it's been about getting over the hump, winning, winning, winning. And you know he's going to be able to do those things to a certain degree, but not to the degree where we're going to be crowning him. You know. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Ben Golliver with a message from Mattress Firm. The only thing better than watching your team win is a perfect nap. And Mattress Firm's President's Day sale lets you get a king mattress for a queen price or a queen mattress for a twin price for savings of up to $600. And you can take home a free adjustable base with a qualifying purchase. But you have to hurry. The clock is ticking on this sale. It's ending soon. Isn't it time you saved and slept like a champion? Shop now. Mattressfirm.com. Mattressfirm.com for the President's Day sale. Yeah. 
I, and Palinka is obviously another loser. Um, and, you know, it's hard to know how much to blame him for any of this. Because, look, I understand why they were look, able... It's high-stakes poker, man. Not to right. use, like, Vegas analogies, but, like, if you're at the big table, you have to go for it sometimes. I think he'll probably get killed a little bit more than he deserves, but he lost. <laughs> he lost, and, look, some of these other decisions that they're making are not great (laughs) compounding the loss and there are a lot of people who are going to say danny green is phenomenal danny green is a perfect role player for that team hey 13th in the league in rpm yeah but you gotta just think a little bit harder danny green is much closer to like damari carroll than a starter you want to pay 15 million dollars a year okay so here we're starting to see a, a few trickle tweets about possible russell westbrook trades by oklahoma city would you be interested in a Russell Westbrook for John Wall plus draft picks exchange? Are you re- ready to sign up for the Russell Westbrook Supermax contract yeah. experience? Well, and you're talking to like one of the handful of franchises who would enthusiastically <laughs> say yes <laughs> because Russ and Beal would be great. You know, we could work it out. Um, but <laughs> I don't know if the great's the word you're looking for. It, Russ is going to take heat here that, again, I'm not sure is like 100% deserved. And um, Well, what's his defense? Because I think that the, the heat would come from the idea that he couldn't really make it work with Kevin. Kevin saw greener pastures and probably wondered if they were ever going to be able to get over the hump together. Yeah. He steps up and... Turns in a phenomenal MVP campaign. I'm not sure he was deserving of the MVP, guys. Like, you voted for him, but that's fine. That's under the rug. Oh, God. But <laughs> they take a big step back in the playoffs. He gets, you know, the, the ultimate, uh, you know, sand trap save with Paul George coming in. and yeah. But they can't turn it into winning. And his, uh, I think, regression here, athletically, and from efficiency standpoint, is a major contributor. Why? Now he loses Paul George in a deal and I think, frankly, you have to look at it as their front office just no longer being willing to bet that that partnership could do it. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you don't trade Paul George basically no matter the cost, like we said earlier about painting yourself into a corner. That feels a lot like a vote of no confidence. Yeah, and perhaps it is. But I also think we should probably wait to find out exactly how this happened and and how much of it was Paul George being unhappy over the last few weeks and how much of it was Kawhi Leonard picking up the phone and saying, look, we have a spot open for you in LA. Let's go run the league together. And George doing the calculus himself and saying, I will have a better shot at winning. I will be in LA where I wanted to be all along. And this is a win on a lot of different fronts. And it's less about, I'm, I'm tired of playing with Russell Westbrook, which I think for Durant, it was. Um, with Paul George, it may be a little bit more complicated. But you're right to, to point out that, look, Russell Westbrook's athleticism isn't the same. His game is more limited now than it was even a couple years ago. We saw that in the playoffs. It was actually pretty, like hard to watch at times. I mean, he was really, really limited. And, uh, yeah, we're, and getting, we're getting tweets from Kevin Love saying, Russ is going to average 36, 13, and 11. Nope. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he, and he kind of did that a couple years ago, and right. he's not the same player. That's what I'm saying. He's not that guy anymore. And so, I mean, he may try, but I don't see that going well for them at all. And I don't blame any superstar who looks at what's coming with Russ 
and is able to say, look, <laughs> who knows what Paul George said or didn't say, but if, if that's if that's the calculation he was doing, I, I get it. Um, but again, I, I think like the, if you want to kill Russ and say his flaws have been his undoing and have been OKC's undoing, that story starts with KD. Um, and he was able to actually salvage the, the Paul George stuff like more than anyone would have expected. Okay, I got another question for you. We haven't really touched on the Raptors side of this, and you've been pretty adamant over these last oh, couple yeah. of weeks. They're all good, right? They they got the title. They, they got what they came for. They delivered a perfect season around Kawhi Leonard. What more could you ask for for a franchise that couldn't get over the hump to do it in such a spectacular way? Now they lose Kawhi Leonard, but they didn't lose him to the L.A. Lakers, where I think that would have been a more... I don't know, acceptable or expected way to lose. You know, you're going against this behemoth franchise, all the branding opportunities, all those kinds of arguments, right? Now you've lost him to the LA Clippers, a team whose history, you know, isn't any better than the Raptors' history. LA obviously has home home court advantage, you know, in terms of Kawhi being from Southern California. How painful is this one for the Raptors and their fans? And is it worse because it's the Clippers rather than the Lakers? And do you really still buy this idea that they're not going to feel the, feel this one? Um, I don't know. I think it, it it probably does hurt a lot for Raptors fans right now, and certainly for Raptors employees and teammates. Their confidence was real high too, man. It was real high, but uh, I think the sting will go away much faster for the Raptors side of this than it will for the Lakers side of this because they're going to be the ones trotting out Rajon Rondo and Kentavious Caldwell-Pope and trying to like contend for a title next year, whereas I think Kawhi leaving Toronto signals the end of one era in, in Toronto, and they will be able to have a ton of cap space beginning early or beginning this the next summer. Um, yeah, because, I mean, I think it's like Ibaka, Lowry, and Gasol all come off, right? Yeah. So you can be whoever you want to be after that year. I would be pounding the termites right now so hard in terms of this one's actually going to sting and going back to my you know Michigan football comparison about winning once and then never being able to live up to it and how that's kind of its own uh, you know painful uh, circumstance and, and cycle. Mm-hmm. You know, th- there's going to be time for that. The one reason, though, why I think that they're going to be able to deal with this you know somewhat okay is that Pascal Siakam's a pretty fun guy to just be like, he's our man now. Yeah. And I've already seen a lot fun of... Fun guy is a loaded term after Ooh, the Kawhi. Yeah, that, <laughs> pun not intended. Sorry, termites. I've already seen some Siakam jerseys around Las Vegas from the Raptors diehards. I saw so many of them in Toronto during the finals. Like, first of all, he'll probably be there forever, right? Like, yeah. He feels like he's going to be a Raptor for the next 15 years. But personality-wise, you know, story-wise, being the fact that he's homegrown because they drafted him, all that stuff... I feel like it's going to be so easy to take those negative feelings for Kawhi and just transfer them into just like sheer devotion for Siakam. So termites, I'm challenging you like this. I need you to overhype your man like the Celtics have been overhyping every player for the last decade. So I don't care if it's Kyrie Irving. I don't care if it's Kemba Walker right now. I think Raptors fans need to put uh, Pascal Siakam on that kind of pedestal. I want them floating him as a top 10 guy by the end of next season. I... I respect where you're coming from with that argument. <laughs> I do not need any more emails about how amazing Pascal Siakam is and whether he should be considered for the All-NBA. So Raptors fans, please don't go that direction. 
personally, I find it more convincing to say that the Raptors fans are going to have a title they can cherish forever, which is more than 95% of NBA fans can say for themselves. And the, and like Siakam is good, but let's not kid ourselves about what he is or, and where he can take them on his own. But, um, but they will have options and, and ways to build this team going forward. And Siakam is a good piece to begin with. And Masai is an excellent GM to have kind of running things, Masai and Bobby Webster. But here's the thing with, with Siakam, though. No one's going to expect him to really do it, right? There's mm-hmm. no pressure on next year. So he gets to just have like a free go at it. Yeah. And that's why if you're a fan, that's like the perfect situation where you've got a talented player who's already a little bit underrated. And they will still be fun and competitive to a degree yeah. that most teams in this situation wouldn't be. So, yeah, I mean, they, they are going to be – Mostly okay. I think it would have hurt a lot more if Kawhi had gone to the Clippers without Paul George also going with him. Because then you're just going to like Raptors West, except in a tougher conference and with less talent around you. But Paul George kind of changed the equation, which is why the Clippers kind of went all in on that front. No, that's a really good point. Um, You know, in terms of the Raptors for next year, their ceiling, I mean, losing in five to Milwaukee? Maybe. Yeah. Hey, hey, look, they still got Freddie Van Vliet, the real finals MVP, <laughs> the people's finals MVP. Um, but listen, I think we should kind of look I the other. I don't know whether this is a winner. And I think there are a lot of people sometimes take they, they go overboard with a like this league dot 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 <laughs> that that whole sect of Twitter. Um, but at the same time, what a surreal night <laughs> like. Seriously, man. We, t- we no, talked bro, a little was, bit about the I earthquake. was live tweeting an earthquake for like an hour. And then there was rumors that the courts were falling apart because of cracked foundation. The uh, scoreboard was swaying to the point where they were worried that it might fall. And yeah, like there was a, Pelican, a Pelicans player. I don't know who it was, but looked up at the Jumbotron and saw it swaying and had to sprint back to the bench. Like you and I have both been in earthquakes before. And I have never been in an earthquake that was that serious, and um, and obviously no one got hurt, at least in in Vegas, and we hope nowhere else. But uh, it was just a crazy experience, and that's on top of like LeBron and Anthony Davis courtside, PJ Tucker out there. I don't know why PJ Tucker is the third billing behind LeBron <laughs> and Anthony Davis, but there were there were like. 15 legit yeah. NBA players. There was more than a dozen notable NBA players all there to watch Zion. He got injured again, which is now the fourth biggest story of the day, basically. Yeah, we can talk as, uh, We can talk about Zion uh, early this week. But all in all, just a crazy night. And that's before you get into the, like, the Kawhi internet side of this and how crazy that has been over the last three or four days. Lakers fans, by the way, we've hit the Lakers enough. But Lakers fans were just, like, a lot to handle. And this is a big L for a lot of the people who were talking all kinds of trash over the last So if you were a reporter, you know, some of these reporters, quote-unquote reporters, who were saying Lakers, Lakers, Lakers the whole way, um, how do you take the L? I mean, for some of them, like, if you're not actually working for an official account, like, or official company, do you delete do you your just account? Disappear? <laughs> Cha- do you change your name? I mean, what's the move here? I think you might have to. Honestly, after 
some of the posturing that has taken place in a very, very public way. There was no hedging by some of no. the like crazy Laker sources. <laughs> and so I don't know what they would do, but I will say this though. They they got me. What's that? I think like there was just such a steady stream of just I know one hundred percent confidence that I was, you know, like I, I had basic not that I had I had pretty much ruled out the Clippers in, in my thing. own mind, you know, because you're not hearing anything from them. You're not hearing any buzz about them. And the other alternate scenarios are starting to build up and make sense. I thought about it. I thought about it earlier today. I did not rule out the Clippers because after thinking about it for like 10 minutes during the Miami Heat versus the Chinese national team game uh, that preceded the Zion game, I was just kind of like daydreaming and I, I, I eventually settled on me just having no fucking idea where this was going to go. But uh, the Lakers side of it, like they did such a good job at amplifying literally anything that implied the Lakers were in the lead and were going to win this in the end. And that it, it was almost like like an information campaign. And, um, and I enjoy that none of us had any idea in this age of and like all-knowing NBA insiders, nobody knew what Kawhi was going to do. My assumption by the end, and I talked to Open Floor listener, one of our favorite listeners, Ben Thompson, was that the Lakers losing Kawhi right. would be so incredibly entertaining and satisfying after a week's worth of trash talk from their fans and how crazy all of this got, that it was just too good to be true. And for that reason, I thought that like there was just no way we were going to get lucky enough to see the Lakers miss on Kawhi. And um, lo and behold, that's that's exactly what happened. And I would have enjoyed Kawhi and the Lakers, just to be clear. But like, this is I think this is better for NBA fans and certainly yeah. entertaining in its own shot in Freudy way. And I was going to conclude with that. I think it's good for the NBA itself. I think Adam Silver is a winner here um, because he's been trying to pitch this idea of parody or any team has a chance on any given year. And he was trying to sell that message during the, this warriors run. And every year at these uh, board of governors meetings, I'd hear him make these arguments and I'd just be like, bro, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like we, you know, you go back to the last couple of lockouts and he's like trying to, you know, say all these things. We're trying to protect, uh, you know, small market teams so they can keep their players. And you've run through all the reasons why the Supermax contract wound up having unintended consequences that hurt a lot of those markets. Yeah. We've seen guys here not take the bigger contracts yet again. Well, um, and so I just think for him, any situation where it's unpredictable and there is parity and there's still, but there's also at the same time, a lot of superstar uh, accumulation on a number of teams where any of these teams could take the game or uh, take the season and run with it. That's great for him. And it sets up a situation where you could have in the playoffs, you could have, you know, Clippers, Lakers, Rockets, um, you know, Blazers. Like if that's your second round, mm -hmm. that's amazing from the NBA standpoint. And in the East, you've got Toronto, Philly, uh, Milwaukee, and then, you know, we can just skip the fourth team because there's not really one, you know, certainly not your Celtics or uh, or the Nets. But Wait, you don't like Ennis Cantor as the sidekick to Kemba Walker? Yeah, I was going to ask superstars you. Boston has won it all along. <laughs> is, that, is that, I mean, we know that Kyrie and, and Kemba is kind of a wash, but would you say Cantor and Davis is kind of a wash too? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> How deep are you into the Celtics Kool-Aid? Oh, but I not guess deep enough to, to stand for Ennis Cantor, I'll tell you that much. I guess my point is when we look at the playoff format, 
it's always been like, all right, do we have the second round will be good, but what about the conference finals? This year the conference finals was a letdown. In certain certain years, it's like the Western Conference playoffs are amazing all the way through. The East, you'll be lucky if you get one series. Yeah. I think you can actually say the projected playoffs from the second round on next year is gonna be a banger. Like yeah. every every round will matter. There should be, you know, competitive series every single way. I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of game sevens. And just as a, a final tie-up from our earlier conversation, the line, the first line is out, and the Clippers are the the favorites to win the 2020 title, followed by the Milwaukee Bucks, the LA Lakers, the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, the Houston Rockets, and Utah Jazz. So I'm pretty much on board with what Vegas is saying, except for the Lakers. I don't think that they deserve to be that high up. Um, and, you know, I think there's probably five or six teams I'd put over the Lakers, but... Um, You're not a KCP Danny Green <laughs> perimeter believer? No, because I actually watched the Lakers last year. A lot of people tuned them out because it got too dark, but... Um, I can't imagine being a Lakers fan watching KCP for the last couple of years and having to kind of just, like, endure that because he's got a little, a little bit of Reggie Jackson in him. Um, but, yeah... Look, the Lakers still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, so you can't count them out. But Yeah, as Worldwide Wild just tweeted, KCP's approximate earnings from the Lakers by 2021 is going to be $45.7 <laughs> million. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, well, on that note, we should wrap it. Andrew, this was really fun. What a night for the ages. Everybody can check us out on Apple Podcasts by searching for our page. It's two words, open floor. Find that page, scroll down, it will say rate and review, tap five stars. It's just that easy. Look, guys, we're staying up until 1 a.m. to bang these podcasts out for you. This is a guilt trip. We survived an earthquake on your behalf. We still came through in the clutch. Our our uh, podcast producer, Brandon, is going to make sure this gets straight to your ears as quickly as possible. Do yeah. us a favor. Hit us with that five stars. We'd appreciate it. We're also on the world-famous radar.com slash open floor andrew check me out on instagram at ben.golfer also tons of summer league content that's that's we're gonna finish on with twitter ben talking about content <laughs> on twitter and uh just the content game in general a, a vestige of our earlier mini podcast but yes i want to second that shout out to brandon our producer for hanging in there in the trenches during all this kawaii chaos earthquake complications <laughs> but we're out here it's been a, a hell of a ride the last couple months and we will be back uh monday or tuesday yep until early next week andrew i will talk to you can you just talk about your content pursuit tonight because honestly half the time when i'm at summer league i am just watching you we don't sit in the same place <laughs> it was unfortunate I, it would the seating situation was screwed up i mean they credentialed a thousand people for summer league andrew that's insane yeah well look, that's like super bowl numbers and it makes your job harder and yet you don't complain you don't make <laughs> excuses for people who don't know ben he's six four and he's got a bad knee so i'll just see you like wobbling up and down the floor. It's like watching You're such Jordan a jerk. in 91. You're man. such a jerk. No, you find a way. You always get the shot. You had a viral shot of LeBron tonight. Yep. You had like LeBron shaking hands with Anthony Davis. I don't even know how you had how you made that happen. You were behind them and then suddenly they come no. out and you're like from uh, you're at like the three point line on the, on no, the side. No, look. Line. Bottom line I was in the zone. Okay, first of all though, I think that I the most proud moment wasn't any of the viral tweets, Andrew. What? The, my most proud moment was when Worldwide Wop took a photo of me taking a photo of LeBron walking in. Yeah. And you were standing right to my side, 
taking the same photo. And I was like, you know what? I have finally influenced Andrew Sharp, the influencer. I finally have con converted you because you've pushed back on the courtyard lifestyle and some of the other ways I've tried to kind of get through to you about, you know, the, the best parts of life. Yeah. But here you were, push came to shove right there taking the same photo. I couldn't have been more proud. Well, and my photo sucked though. So I've got, <laughs> got some work to do. Okay. I'm not a natural photographer. I'm not a natural like okay. thirst machine. Okay. But you're just out there. Here's what I'm going to say. First of all, I've been doing Summer League a long time, right? Uh -huh. And so there's always going to be the random encounters. Summer League is also just prime territory for former teammates former coaches the fake love after i just you know blew up your season right <laughs> yes <laughs> there was some, a lot of fake love i think lonzo and lebron it was real love i think it is real love i think lebron probably feels worse about losing lonzo than any of the other players because ingram came in kind of sheepishly getting the high fives was, from everybody it was very sheepish that's a good word for the way ingram handled like celebrity front row but lonzo came in he was ready to rock you know yeah and uh so so that was number one is just kind of taking stock of all the potential storylines. So I was doing some like mental preparation. When I saw Drew Holiday and the Pelicans there, I was like, well, of course, Anthony Davis, you know, he wants to be liked. He's going to go over. So that did require, you know, a little bit of sprinting, probably embarrassing. Um, in terms of LeBron, though, you just keep the camera rolling, Andrew. And here's a little tip for you. If you keep the camera rolling, you can take screenshots of your video. Mm. So you don't just settle for the photos. You know what I mean? You can go back to your video, get the right, exact, precise, um, you know, what, what's it called? Frame? Yeah. And then screenshot the frame, do a couple of those, upload them, you get your retweets. Now that we've tr we've trended toward, like, actual practical tips from Ben <laughs> Golliver on going viral, um, it's time to wrap it. But listen, I'm happy for you. You had a great night. Look, he's currently scrolling through his greatest hits from tonight. Uh, and yeah, so everybody follow me on uh, Twitter. You had a better night than Zion did out there. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get injured. Thankfully, we both got bad left knees, but we're good. Yeah, um, we will be back on Tuesday morning. Hopefully, Kawhi Leonard has chosen a team by then. And um, for now, whoa. Chris Haynes has just tweeted live that free agent forward Kawhi Leonard will sign with the LA Clippers. League sources tell Holy Yahoo Sports. Holy shit! Glad we're taping this podcast.